Hey Gloucester, and welcome back to Fishtown Local. I have one of the most interesting extended people, overextended people even in Gloucester. Mr. Greg Bover is with us today. How are you, Greg? I'm fine, Gordon. Thanks uh, for having me. All right. Now, are you from Gloucester originally? No, I've only lived here 40 years, so I'm a newcomer. <laughs> You're a newbie. How, how'd you get here? Well, I came to uh, Gloucester to work at CB Fisk. Of course. That's uh, right. Back in 78. Uh, I grew up in New Hampshire. For those that don't know, he's a very organic person. Yeah. That's because right. CV Fisk is the premier manufacturer and servicer of organs, pipe organs, even mm-hmm. in the area. One of my favorite ones, obviously, I have in Castle, but UU Church. Well, we don't actually have anything to do with the one at Hammond Castle. No. No. Oh. No, that's not our kind of pipe organ. Okay. E Power Biggs. I remember he used to come and play that. Uh, yeah, oh. of course. Virgil Fox was the, that's uh, right. resident, the resident organist there. That is not a Fisk? No. Wow. No. Well, I took a risk. Yeah. It, and I, uh, I took a whisk on that Fisk. Sorry. <laughs> that's great. Now, Fisk has an event coming up. We do. We're having an open house at our shop on the 1st of December at ah. 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It's a Friday, um, and so from 4 to 8 that day, we'll be inviting one and all to come and see our hey. latest work. What's your address so people can... Oh, yes. We're on Condolan Road, 21 Condolan Road. That's the industrial park that's on Magnolia oh, Avenue. How do you like that? And um, that's funny because I pictured you in a build, an old church. You know that you're, you know, surrounded by organs in just an old church. That's good. No, we're we're in an industrial. <laughs> you're industrial, park. baby. Yeah. It's a, uh, one of those steel buildings. Yeah. Building is not very fancy, but what goes on inside is uh, pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, yeah, I've been there that forever, and I plan to stay for a while yet there you go well of course i'm in the choir with charles nazarian who is one of the great uh how shall i say it uh, advertisers advertisements for you because he's such a good soul and he does so much for gloucester he does and he is an incredibly talented and prolific designer and he's responsible and has been for decades for how the organs look Wow. And he, I can look at uh, a whole series of photographs and you can always tell because he has ah. such a, a fine hand when it comes to organ design. Well, isn't that interesting? But does, he doesn't play. I think he used to back yeah. in the day a yeah. little bit here and there, but not all yeah. organ builders are organ players. No, there you go. And he's an architect, of course, and mm-hmm. did mm-hmm. his own house, which is that right. wonderful old sort of church building there. It's a so, barn. It's a barn. Yeah. I'm sorry. He's next to, next the, to, to, the, to church. the church. Sorry. Yeah. That's great. Well, now, also, you were head of Rotary. Did your time? Yeah, I was president of the Rotary Club back, uh, gosh, that's 13 or 14 years ago. Wow. And I've been, I was president of the library for four terms. Oh, my and, God. Uh, I remember when you were president of the library. I mean, yeah, we redid yeah. the Saunders Mansion, the, the yeah. 1764 building. Back there. During my tenure. Yeah. And um, uh, then uh, there are time, uh, term limits at the library. There you can only be on the board for nine years. So I timed That's out. That's probably a good thing. I remember Donald Monell, my next-door neighbor, designed the modern building. Right. 
That yep. was back a ways. That was now, 73. A lot yeah. of people don't know how the Rotary got its name. But, of course, it's a famous uh, a situation where uh, Don Sudbay's great-great-great-grandfather, uh, apparently he was in his covered wagon down there where the bridge, A. Pyatt Andrew Bridge, comes in. And, of course, he had a flat tire. He was missing a wheel. And he was just going around and around in circle. And all of a sudden, the leader, I can't remember his name, John, um, who was the founder of Rotary? Paul Harris. Paul Harris saw him and said, that's it. And the rotary was born. And so, of course, they put the rotary there, too. So well, a little bit of Gordon Baird distorted history there. Quite distorted. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Interesting, nonetheless. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> now, tell me, you, your life is just one big creative adventure. Speaking of which. Well, I am involved in a lot of things in the mm-hmm. city. And um, I enjoy being active and uh, giving my time to things that make a difference, like the restoration of the library. How about adventure? And then now I'm very involved with uh, Schooner Adventure and its restoration. And now that it's mostly restored, keeping it in good condition and then sailing it every chance I get. It's the classic. You're just finished when you have to go back to the part you did 21 years ago when they first started renovating. Well, that's a wooden boat. They're never... You can't let them sit. you got to keep them up or they rot. Well, boy, have you guys done. You're right at the peak right now. I remember last year when she was out there. Oh, my God. At the dock, even. She mm. just looked magnificent with that gleam in her eye. Yeah. Like, literally. It's, it's such an exciting thing to be mm-hmm. aboard when the wind is blowing and yeah. the sails are set and you're schooning along. It's mm-hmm. pretty incredible. <laughs> it is. What is the advantage to having no bowsprit? Are you able to point higher? No, it's not a sailing function. Uh, it was a safety measure. I see. So Thomas McManus was the uh, designer, uh, the naval architect who designed Adventure and a, a lot of other yeah. vessels. Adventure wasn't the first but it was one of the first without a bowsprit, mm-hmm. and that's what's called a knockabout. A knockabout, exactly. And uh, the bowsprit on many schooners is what was called the widowmaker mm-hmm. because going out mm-hmm. on the bowsprit to handle sail, mm-hmm. if the waves are up uh, and the wind is up, is a very dangerous you place. You taking a bath. And yeah. a lot of men were lost yeah. off the bowsprits. Wow. And because adventure is relatively late in the schooner manufacture uh, history, so they'd had that chance to digest and make the change. Well, McManus lost some family members. Oh, my God. Off bowsprits, as the story goes, and decided to... um, decided to design, try to design a schooner with no bowsprit. And when the wind comes up, that's the first place you have to sort of reduce sail is that big jib up on the front. Exactly. exactly. I've been reading the Master and Commander series. Have Mm, you ever read that? Wonderful. Oh, my God, all 20 books. I'm I'm into number five now. But uh, the best thing about that is if you're a sailor, it is so much more fun because the battle scenes all make so much more sense. Well, and the sailing. The sailing, yeah. It's so well-researched. God, it is. I'd love to have met that guy. Is oh, he still too. alive? No, he yeah. died, unfortunately. Yeah. So yeah. there are no more of those yeah. books. Well, I got them all through uh, Dogtown, and then they called me up and they said, look, we we just got one of the... Have you ever seen this? It's called... Uh, what is the name? It's a thousand words on water or something. It's a uh, it's a dictionary of all the terms. 
Oh, because you know how sometimes you're reading along and you're going, "What are they talking about?" Mm. And uh, and this thing, you go to the book and it'll give you the expression or the uh, you know. Of course, well, you I'll don't remember. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, I'll be happy to lend it to you if you. It's not the kind of thing you would start at the beginning and read through, but when you're reading, mm. and it mm. took me a while to understand what war. When they talk about wear, and they would wear around to blah blah, and that oh, they to would wear to, to jibe, yep. and of course, I always thought the word jibe was <laughs> what was describing coming in the, through the foot of the wind, but they wear on those boats. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's just another sailing yeah. evolution. Yeah. So, did you go um, in the race this year and last year? Yes. Yeah. Yes, and I went to Boston for for the week. Oh, that's uh, fantastic for Sail Boston, which yeah. was uh, just. One of the high points of my life, really. To be I did on that, that ship. in that, not the first schooner festival, that was 76, the tall ships, but when Adventure got to town in 88, then about in 92 or so, because Jim Sharp was still connected, and I remember they had a sail to Boston, and you paid your money and you went, and Jim Sharp was on the boat, and it was fairly light air, and I remember. I was all set to give them a bunch of money, and all of these people, these tourists, these people from Wisconsin were there, and they had their checkbooks in hand. And then Jim Sharp was at the wheel, and uh, everybody who wanted to sail was sort of clustered back there. It's, hey, can I try for two minutes? It was an eight-hour trip. Jim Sharp wouldn't let a single person touch the helm. Really? And then, and it was so light, so it wasn't like, hey, we got responsibility insurance. Because at some point he had to use the head downstairs. And he called the skankiest looking hand ever to drive while all of us stood there. And this guy from Wisconsin, I remember he was so mad when Sharp went below. He had this $1,500 check he'd already written out to Adventure, and he ripped it up. And right in front of Sharp when he was coming back, he went, ling, 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 ling. and that's where I told the board members at the time that I knew, you had to raise money is get someone on the wheel because with a boat like that once you're on the wheel you say this must be saved oh yeah and that in the beginning i don't think they really used that very powerful incentive well we don't make people pay to get on the wheel anymore no so uh, (laughs) anymore advice was taken it sounds like yeah well there you go but i mean meaning when i mean pay i mean donate so that you would never ask them for money for to drive. But one, the people that will drive the boat will be the ones that give you the most money, even today, I would think. Yeah. Well, when, yeah. when the season starts up again in the spring, we'll be going out on community sales three times a week Just at right. least. Yeah. And people who come are invited to take the wheel. That um, is so fantastic. Well, yeah. Anybody. I mean, unless it's blowing 30 and it's dangerous, right. but that's right. a different story. That's a different story. But I, oh, I remember just having nothing to do with adventure after that for a while. But then Sharp got divorced from the program. Is he still alive? He is. Yeah. yeah. He, he um, lives in Rockland, Maine. He has a, a museum up there, um, and he's still... Um, and. Involved with mm-hmm. the vessel to the point where his advice and and counsel is is often mm-hmm. asked because he had her for so many years and mm-hmm. knows the boat like nobody else. Now Stefan, who was the captain, is he now the program director? Is he the? Uh, He's the executive director. The executive director of the five hundred one c three that owns the vessel. I see. And he's also what we call relief captain. So yes. Because they got a guy to replace him, didn't they? Willie Leathers yeah. is the captain right. now and a great sailor, and I've learned a lot just from watching him sail. Um, but uh, when 
Willie is otherwise occupied or needs a day off, then Stefan can step in. And he must just love falling back into that simple role, which used to seem so complex to him. But now he sort of controls everything, or he's... As he's he, the boss. Yeah, that's he's right. The, yeah. Yeah. And that's a great acquisition. What was Marty Krugman emeritus? Is he still associated? Emeritus. But, yeah, emeritus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the board has changed over time. Uh, we have a very active, very involved board. Um, and, of course, um, Sarah Young is development director now. Who's a very job. persuasive person. And, yeah. 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 So it's, it's a new... It's a new group of people over the years mm-hmm. that has changed, and we now that the restoration is largely done, uh, and we can concentrate on just maintaining her in the mm. Bristol fashion she's in, mm. um, then the sailing program and the education program is where our attention has turned mm-hmm. to have the vessel be an ambassador for Gloucester up and down the coast for other schooner festivals. Mm-hmm. And um, then also to get as many children on board as we possibly can. Oh, that's, yeah. And families and descendants of yeah. sale. Uh, those are really amazing. Yeah. And we have a descendants sale. And the children and grandchildren of men who fished on adventure uh, are invited to come along. And you really hear the stories then. Yeah. Well, we're sort of neighbors because I coach the GHS sale team. Mm-hmm. And they have the bottom floor room in the Fitzy Lane house that right. has you guys in yeah. there. So yeah. they're really good neighbors. Nice we're not in there much, so yeah. But that's really fun. Well, that is fantastic. Now, tell me about your other uh, involvement in Awesome Gloucester. Well, that's a new, relatively new thing. Although we've been going for five years, it's uh, not as well known as some other mm-hmm. organizations that I've been involved in. But it's a microgrant foundation. It's a worldwide phenomenon, and Gloucester is one of the smallest cities that has a chapter. Yes. So the so there'd be awesome Buffalo or awesome. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. There's awesome Paris and New okay. York and all that. But uh, in Gloucester, the way we do it is that there are 20 trustees, and we each chip in 50 bucks a month. And then people make proposals to us. We receive the proposals monthly. Uh, We get uh, 10 or a dozen or maybe more. And uh, by voting, we pick the top three every month, and then those people come to a pitch night, which is just like Shark Tank or one of those. (laughs) and um, make their pitch to the trustees and anybody. It's a public event, the pitch nights. Um, And so folks um, come and make their pitch and then we vote again and choose a winner and that person gets um, $1,000 cash, no strings attached. That's fantastic. So people who are starting up uh, little little charities or who have a great idea, anything that makes Gloucester more awesome is uh, is liable to be chosen. But it doesn't have to be a startup business. I mean, if no. you were trying to do lights at Mado's Field or something, That's they might have them. come to you. That is one of them. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, Jen Holgram, who was just elected yes. to the city council, she came to us with the idea of putting a tiny library at the landing in, oh. uh, at uh, Little River. Yeah. Um, and other people have come with all kinds of wonderful ideas, little things to do for Gloucester. They just need a little money to get it going. Oh, that's great. Um, people come who are have been doing things out of their pocket for years. We give them a little help. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
lots of place, people who don't have any other place to go for money because they're not a 501c3. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not tax right. deductible. They're not whatever. big, they're so not they big. don't necessarily have connections or right. lists. Or, right. Oh, that is so interesting. But it's, it's just been fantastic. We've given away in the last five years about 50 grand. Wow. $1,000 a week a, a month. Right? All Gloucester people. Yep. All, wow. Yep. Yep. That is so fantastic. Well, good on you. Well, it's a great yeah. thing. And, and it's, one of the, it's one of the high points of the month. Pitch wow. night is entertainment. Yes, I would think. That's why you get the public, I guess. Let's yeah. And, of course, if they don't win, win this week or this month, they might come back. The runners-up right. might come back until they drift up to the top. Of well, the, that's what we say. It's yeah. not no. It's just not right now. Not you're, and, awesome, and, and often they're listening. They'll hear the other pitch and go, ah, he hit the ball out or he hit the ball farther than I did. And well, and might so, help them tailor their pitch next time. That's right. Yeah. And sometimes the uh, the networking that goes on, because the trustees tend to be well-connected um, people in the city who know yeah. where the bodies uh, are buried. Well, what <laughs> levers to push yeah. um, can often make connections or suggest that they go someplace else for money or uh, help them further their cause in some other way other than just getting the $1,000. Wow. And you are also uh, involved, well, you're involved with a wonderful woman who I know very well, uh, Maureen Alward, who actually used to work for Musician Magazine. She didn't work for me personally, yeah. but we worked a lot together. And uh, she is so involved in many things. The two of you together are like influential couple of the year. <laughs> um, and I know she is very involved in Fishtails in the Writer Center. And that has probably osmosized you into involvement with the Writer Center. What is? Well, I play timekeeper uh, during fishtails, so yeah. I sit in the front row and hold up fingers to oh, tell people that. how much time they've got left to tell their stories. Yeah. But that's become another yeah. Gloucester institution, uh, yeah. oh, Fishtails. So fast. Well, Fishtails and the Writer Center. Because, boy, they taught me a lesson um, on the Fishtails about tales of neuroses and neurotic behavior and uh, remember i was uh what's his name freud's brother or cousin and i played that in that but what it taught me was first of all the power of the writer center because everybody in that audience that night paid 25 bucks or something like that to sit in there they had to thank god there were no fire marshals there they, it was the biggest crowd they had that year but it showed Gloucester stage, because I remember talking about it with those guys. I said, the power of local and local support and that strategic partnership thing. Because if they had just done it at their place, it wouldn't have been so incredible for either party. And I think the Gloucester stage, eyes opened up. Hmm. This year they did Kenny Rioff's, um play about um, Simon Geller. Right. I was spacing for a second right. on his name. I think it was called uh, something, State My Station in Life. And they did it as a, a special reading, so it didn't cost any money. It far exceeded the record crowd they brought in for Fishtails. It was great. And then it was, oh, you were, you were there? Yeah, I was yeah. there. And yeah. that, um, that project then, uh, they came back to the uh, stage company and said, want to do it as a show. And they said, yes. I kind of pitched him, too, to say, because I think the power, they realized, I said, if you had that group of people pay 25 bucks for fishtails, are there another four or 500 people on Cape Ann like those people 
who had that same sensibilities? And the answer was clearly yes. And since they had our sales by word of mouth, I said, you get that first group in with a strategic partnership with Writer Center, you are going to get the word out and you are going to just sell the heck out of that. Mm -hmm. So instead of, I said, do it at the beginning or the end of your schedule so nobody has to give anything up and just do five nights a week for two weeks. And they said, the heck with that. We're giving them a decent slot, and we're going to do three weeks of six nights. So I was happy that they realized that the strategic partnership thing and playing not to every community whim, but to some the right community whims and currents is a very smart thing. But your night, Maureen's night, taught me that first. Well, and it's good that you mentioned that, too, because, in fact— well, it's not twenty-five bucks to go to Fishtails every no. month. No, oh, it's usually it's just free. The, yeah. the special that uh, was a fundraiser. Fundraiser, for, yeah. and that's coming up again. Yes, there you so go. So that's also Friday, December first. Oh, so you can come to CB Fisk in the late afternoon, <laughs> and then go out to supper, and then you can go to the the stage company, um, and go to Fishtails for the annual big show. And that's great. That's. Um, at 7.30, I yeah. think. What's uh, the theme? It's road trips. Oh, my God. So that's going to be a oh, great one. Oh, that should one. be great. Yeah, oh, there's yeah. always some great road trip stories. <laughs> and I think there are even some that are told by multiple people. Mm-hmm. So uh, folks who have a story to tell, but each of them tells a part. So you get that three-way yeah. version of yeah. the... Uh, oh, that's fantastic. I did one a long time ago that I just adored was... Rock star stories. Well, rock stars will come around again. Uh, that was really fun. And, uh, you know, I sort of embarrassed myself at telling the, the silliest thing I ever did in my life. I told that story. If you were, were you there that night? I was. It was the one where I had the blown up poster of Eric Clapton, and he had let the magazine know from Musician Magazine how much he adored that cover uh, at the time. Well, in came the yacht the blue guitar and it was out there and it was sitting there where Eric was going to join it and there was the launch which is got a big sort of derrick they hold it away from the boat so it can't bang on the boat so you could sail up to it or motor up to it without hitting the, the boat and so I got my poster and it was a blow-up cover of that cover that he liked it had been shrink wrapped so it was in perfect condition 25 years later so I wrote a big you know Eric you know, you, your publicist always said, and I, I said her name, Donna Rousseau, always said you love this cover. So I thought it would, might look nice down in the tackle room or something on the boat. <laughs> and so I left it there with a note saying, well, if you want to stop by for a cocktail, here's my number. And uh, <laughs> that was the end of that story until the next day I read that the boat had been sold three years previous to some oil baron. <laughs> and the, guy, the crew was scratching its head when I left it. And I said, oh, I left this for Eric and the guy's like nodding his head like not having a clue what I'm talking about the crew member there says so I speed off in my whaler having left the poster so that was the last I ever saw it probably is floating out in the Atlantic now where they throw it <laughs> but I told that story now what else do you do for the writer Center oh that's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean I'm connected to the Support writer Center and yeah through Maureen's through connection Maureen. yeah, yeah. yeah and of course she's on the board now and and uh, a part of the yeah what keeps that going it's such a great Gloucester oh, yeah. institution well if you want to promote something 
uh, literary or theater, uh, I learned the lesson. I did two versions of a play I wrote called Crazy Moon. And both times, because I did one in the fall and redid it in the spring because we sold so many tickets the first time. And both times I did a benefit for Writer Center to kick the show off. And I gave them all the money. And it didn't matter that I gave away the money because every night after that was packed because the big group that came out to pay the money, to, they, it wasn't free. They had to pay, even Carolyn Kirk, who was mayor, came. And the uh, Rob Newton from Gloucester Center. I remember I was so impressed with all the people that came who would never come to one of my shows in the past. But for the Writer Center, they would turn out, fork over the money. But then I got great online reaction oh, and yeah. we sold so many tickets for the ensuing shows that I always said I, I my friend who uh, who's doing his play uh, part two of Waiting for Godot if the world needs I said to him you've got to do a partnership with Writer Center to do the first night give them the money and you want to run 10 days after that you'll sell out mm. so because the word unless it's a crappy play but it isn't it's a great play. Yeah, word so, of mouth really works. Yeah, so yep. That's fantastic. Well, let's see how we do. We got a few more minutes less left. Now, what have I left out? You are so busy. You got awesome Gloucester. You got Adventure. You got CB Fisk. Uh, you have um, the library. Except you're off the library now, right? Right. Yes. And you know what you said kind of connects two dots for me. Um, you said Adventure. This group now they're young. It's a different board. Some similar old people from the board, but lots of new energy. And really, nine years is plenty to be on a board. And that they should set some term, term limits, both for your defense as a board member who wants to get off without offending people, and also new blood. Right. You know, you just get to where we did that, you know, and what yeah. are we going to do? Let's do it again. It's what you say when you've been on there nine years. And right. I think one has to make sure that there's some mechanism to transmit institutional memory. Mm -hmm. That's but right. once you cover that, then boards should change and they be renewed. Change. Yeah. And I've been on a bunch of different boards yeah. and the ones that I think are the most vibrant are the ones where there's continual renewal. And continual renewal where the leader of that board doesn't just get new people on and they listen to all the old people. They are brought along so that they're not just put down there but even in year one you give them responsibilities, you get them on committees, you kind of let them know in not too long a time. You'll be the man running the Right. development or membership committee. Right, and if you yeah. go to the workshops that the ECCF runs, uh, Essex County Community Foundation, um, that's one of the things that they stress about board renewal and board um, education yeah. as you go along. Yeah. Bring in strong people, yeah. educate them, and then let them that's do right. their thing. Because you don't want to make it like you know Chicago politics, where it's the same old Pauls for two decades, right. and it's like you come in, you got no chance of any idea you have ever seeing the light of day. No, this is how we do things. We've always done it this way. Right. So any message to Gloucester on subjects we haven't touched on or other? Uh, gosh, I just wanted to say a couple of words about uh, what people will see if they come to the CB Fisk Open House. Fantastic. Um, we're building one of the largest instruments we've ever built. It's so big that it doesn't fit in the shop uh, in one piece. <laughs> wow. So it's in several pieces. It's going to be the size of a five-story building. Come on! And it's going to, uh, w once the Open House is over, we'll take it all apart 
do some finishing, put it in uh, moving trucks, and take it to Raleigh, North Carolina, where it goes in the brand new uh, cathedral that they've just built there that seats 2,000 people. And so it's pretty tall, right? It's an immense building. Right. It's not a flat, low building. It's Mm -hmm. good. So it'll have the majesty of that. 80 feet to to the top of the barrel vault. Wow. So... Um, it's a big project for us, um, and it's got um, wow. parts of it will be playing. So will this will be, be the largest play. organ anywhere, or is there no, just a bigger? Not even close. Oh, I and went not to the biggest uh, one that we've ever built. But I, I heard the organ them. in Harlem, Netherlands. Very uh, famous. That famous one, and uh, supposedly was it Beethoven who'd come to play on it, or Bach? One of them had journeyed just to play it, and the guy was just working out. And he was playing, and he was having fun because he was playing it so loud. And the church was relatively empty. It was a tourist church. And oh, have you ever been there? No. no. no oh, my God. The Harlem. thing was like at brain shattering. It was so loud, but so exciting. You couldn't, you know, your whole body was shaking. It was, it was great. So this will be like that because that was a good four stories, the pipes. Yeah. And uh, the acoustics uh, in this new building are supposed to be Just pretty good. Perfect. Yeah, so we'll be great. we're excited to have that work and uh, we'll be down there in the middle of the winter with a big wow. crew putting it all together. Oh, so if you go to the open house, you can see that organ right. with its pants down right. because you'll see it. The pieces where you'll see how it, I assume, fits together. Are all the pieces in the one room? Un- no, they're no, in just, several different yeah. parts of several, the shop. Yeah, okay. and we'll have tours and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it'll get explained. What is five stories? The pipes? I mean, was that what well? The casework is uh, five to fifty-eight oh. feet tall. Oh my god! And uh, the longest pipes in the organ are thirty-two feet long. Yeah. Well, I don't want to hear that this project was entirely uh, funded by Awesome Gloucester. Let's have a thousand bucks a month it's, it's incrementally. Greg Bover, you are a very interesting fellow, well, and I really that. appreciate not only you coming on fishtown local but what you do for gloucester because you obviously have caught the bug uh you know in your mere 40 years here uh you've osmosized into an authentic genuine gloucester person well i love it here i can't imagine living anywhere else there you go all right well thank you so much to my engineer jim capillo he is my psychological pillow so he will cap off this show with his regular wonderful disposition And we look forward to seeing you all and hearing you all on Gloucester Fishtown Local. Thanks for coming.